God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And hopefully we're not going to have any technical issues. Yesterday, uh, we had some technical issues. And, um, you know, one of the best ways to find out the latest show, because sometimes our digital stream hasn't been going over to our digital partners like Red State Talk Radio, but Folks over like in Philadelphia, 1180WFYL.com, you can hear us there, and you can also go to scottadamsshow.com, not only to get the latest podcasts that's posted directly after the show every day, but you also can find out the latest stream, because we have multiple streams there that we distribute not only to our digital partners like Red State Talk Radio, but also our terrestrial radio partners, which we have many throughout the country, but our main one is over in Philadelphia at 1180WFYL.com. And so there's uh, different places where you could hear our latest show. And uh, we, we never really make those announcements, people, and people don't know. Um, but if you go to scottadamsshow.com, which is a URL that is banned on Facebook, and I'm still banned on Facebook too, I can't post, so I'm silenced and censored. And the only way we're going to you know, take back our elections is by righting these wrongs. Uh, we're going to play a clip uh, today from Tucker, who talks about that. He talks about... How is it that Fetterman beats Oz, right? How how do you get to that? I mean, how does Fetterman beat Oz? That's almost like impossible. How does Fetterman beat Oz? Well, number one, he had better coattails with a more well-financed uh, Democrat governor, uh, governor candidate, Shapiro, Josh Shapiro. Um, and so he rode those coattails, but this is a guy, Fetterman, that can't, you know, obviously he's disgusting to look at. He shows up in polling day 
you know, wearing these stupid shorts and a hoodie as if he's 12 years old and he's running for the U.S. Senate. He thinks somehow if he dumps himself down enough, he can appeal better to his constituent base who looks at him as a a blue collar bloke. That's what you have to do. That's what the Democrats do. Remember when Bill Clinton would wear his little plaid shirt and his Wrangler jeans and when he when he would do a caucus out in Iowa? And I saw a lot of that. Democrats do that. Do you remember how uh, Hillary Clinton or Barack Obama or even Ocasio-Cortez would come off with these different weird accents trying to be black or trying to be Southern or trying to be Midwestern? You know, they can't just be themselves, and that is really the appeal of a Donald Trump. The red tie, the blue suit, the great hair, right? The New York accent. It's all authentic, folks. So are his jokes. And so is his remarks. They're spot on, like a laser. They're exactly right. That's what makes a great joke. A great joke, a great joke is when it's like a laser, hits the bullseye, hits the mark. That's the mark of a great comedian. That's why Seinfeld was so great. He could be a great comedian because he had Larry David writing a lot of his scripts. And he was very funny because, you know, they made a lot of jokes that really embellished implemented the truth in in a very comedic way without even having to curse, which was the beauty of Seinfeld. But there's another reason why Shapiro's, Josh Shapiro, the guy who beat Mastriano in Pennsylvania, there's there's another reason why that helped Fetterman. And it's disgusting when I tell you And I am absolutely disgusted to tell you this. But the guy that worked the election desk on Fox News, Karl Rove, the brain they called him, right? The Bush guy, Karl Rove, financed the Democrat Shapiro. Financed him. Who else did they finance? It's absolutely disgusting that we have Republicans that we have to run against. We have to run against these Republicans who are being financed by Republicans. You take Murkowski. She's a Democrat wrapped up with an R next to her name. And she's running against a MAGA supporting Chewbacca in Alaska to pick up a Senate seat there with a, with a non-rhino. And guess what? That was supported by Mitch McConnell, McConnell, Cocaine Mitch. And you take a look at uh, McCarthy. Who, he's, who is he in bed with? He used to room with Frank Luntz. Frank Luntz has told everybody to go to the center, to be a rhino. A political advertisement from Karl Rove's American Crossroads. Never donate to American Crossroads again. Never, ever. Don't ever do it. If you want to make a donation, don't Ameri- don't donate to American Crossroads. Donate to MAGAPAC.org because we could use the support. So MAGAPAC.org would be a good choice 
We're all about making America great again to, uh, by, by supporting America first policies. American first policies, that's what it's all about. You don't even have to be, you know, I mean, it is, it is Trump's agenda. But it's not about Trump. It's about a thousand Trumps. It's about all the ideas that Trump had in securing the border. Yes, walls work. <laughs> Empowering the people. Deregulation. Lowering taxes. All of those things contribute to higher productivity, less inflation, and uh, actually a bigger tax base. But it's through sales tax more than income tax, which should never probably be. I don't think that income tax is really a thing that should be. I think that sales tax or flat tax or a simplified tax is the best way to do it. But a political advertisement from Karl Rove's America, American Crossroads boosts Josh Shapiro, the Democratic nominee for governor, over his opponent, Republican State Senate Senator Doug Mastriano, while at the same time criticizing Pennsylvania's U.S. Senate can- candidate, John Fetterman. <laughs> criticizing? But if you help Shapiro, you're helping Fetterman because people are voting straight ticket. So, American Crossroads was founded by Karl Rove, former White House Deputy Chief of Staff. The group is also linked to Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Crossroads established the Senate Leadership Fund in the 2016 election cycle to help boost Republican Senate candidates. Senate candidates upon the recommendation of McConnell, according to the Wall Street Journal. Fetterman, Pennsylvania's lieutenant governor, is facing Republican. Okay, so this is a story that came out. The ad put Shapiro's record on crime against Fetterman's. Shapiro is currently the attorney general of Pennsylvania, right? And this was, this was uh, dated a few days ago. Um, and another article that came out in October 24th, it says here, Carl Rove's establishment super PAC backing Josh Shapiro over Doug Mastriano because, of course, it is. So, are you tired of the Republican establishment yet? If not, you just might be after reading this story. American Crossroads uh, supported Josh Shapiro. And I just said that a couple times, but it's worth mentioning. This, this is, uh, to me, this is, this is why, if you want to blame, if you want to blame the Republicans, if you want to blame the Republic, if you want to blame somebody about the dismal performance of the Republican Party when they basically had everything going in their favor. You got to blame Karl Rove. You got to blame Mitch McConnell. You got to blame Kevin McCarthy. And nowhere is it written that you promote somebody who does a bad job. Can you tell me where that's written anywhere? Can you? I can't. So why in the world will we ever want to promote Kevin McCarthy to be the House Speaker? 
Because that's pretty much a done deal. So basically the House is going to flip and the Senate, I think, will flip. I think it's very possible that the Senate flips. Interestingly, um, a couple of uh, later um, poll numbers, Lauren Bobart may not lose her seat in Colorado. She's down by 62 votes. 6-2. 62 votes. That's number one. Number two, Carrie Lake uh, believes that she's going to win. She's winning close to 80% in the tranches that are coming in. And that should be enough to, to, to close the gap, which she's down by about 13,000 votes in the latest numbers. And she believes she's going to win. And, you know, shame on Arizona and shame on Nevada and shame on Colorado for not having these results. They're the, they're the states that have uh, the early voting and the, they're the states with the biggest problems. The states with the liberal uh, governments are the uh, the most corrupt uh, election, have the most corrupt election laws. If you look at the laws and compare them to the Florida laws, and then you compare them with Michigan and Wisconsin, and, the, you know, again, Evers in Wisconsin's a Democrat, and uh, Michigan, Governor Whitmer, uh, you have... Um, uh, Arizona, you have Katie Hobbs in charge of that election, and she's running. And what do you think she's going to do when she sees these votes come in? You think she's going to fix it? Do you trust her? I don't trust her as far as I can throw her, throw her. And there's no appeal there. There's no way people are voting for Joe Biden's agenda. There's no way that they're voting for open borders and there's no way they're opening for endless fentanyl and heroin uh, shoot up sites like Fetterman supports. There's no way that they're supporting any of this. No way. Did they they really vote for Fetterman? And if you talk about quality of candidates, no, I'm not buying it. You don't pick Fetterman over a heart surgeon like Oz a cardiologist, a doctor, an entertainer, a smart man over Fetterman who's never held a job and walks around in shorts and a hoodie and can't string sentences together because he's brain damaged. You, you, You mean to tell me he was the better? And he clearly lost the debate. You mean to tell me that the Democrats were energized? No, it's the mechanics. It's the mechanics of the election that's doing us in, that's screwing up this country and ruining our elections. We got to get away from these computers and these machines. They are not only are they corrupt, they're not able to produce the results of a good sound. If they worked the way they were supposed to, what was this? Why do you why do you actually invest in technology? To make things easier, smoother, better, right? No, they are not doing that. They are not getting that job done. You know, this early voting is supposed to make it convenient for everybody. Well, this is not convenient. Having to wait for an entire month to get the results for Arizona is not the way it should be. 
We never had to do this before in the 70s and 80s and 90s. This never happened. It would be an anomaly if you had to wait two days. That would be an outrage if you had to wait two days. So no, I'm not buying it. And at some point, we need to get these uh, governors into place with the secretaries of state to revamp. You know, Georgia's not going to do it because Georgia is rigged with a Chinese-loving Kemp. He's a Republican, all right, but not the kind of Republican we want. But that's the kind of Republican that Georgia wants, apparently. In any case, we got some clips here we're going to play. And I got to tell you, I am just outraged by this whole thing. But let me just say, I am outraged that Karl Rove and these so-called conservatives are getting rewarded by being the head of Fox News or running the show at Fox News, Fox News endorsing these people like Paul Ryan and Karl Rove. They're all in bed with Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy. And Kevin McCarthy was in bed with Frank Luntz. And Frank Luntz is no friend of the Republicans, a Trump hater. And so you get these rhinos, and they're in charge of everything. They're speaker, they're leader in the Senate. And I say, if we take back the Senate, which is very likely, because Laxalt's going to win, and Walker must win, and Georgia, and if that happens, um, I believe we win. Because they picked up one, and we picked up two. So we, we and, and if we win in Arizona, then we pick up a two seats. But we could be the leader. And if you were to make an assessment and assess this situation about Red Wave and, and the successes of the Republican Party, yeah, it should have been a beatdown and a landslide and a red tsunami. It should have been all of those things. There's no way that Fetterman should have ever won. There's got to be rigging going on or the fundamental mechanics of the election are have changed in such a way to where people are voting and they don't even know they voted. And I guarantee you, if we were to get a campaign out there that says, did you vote? Go online and check whether you voted or not. And then ask the question whether they voted. And I bet you, Dollars to donuts that people, there are people that, don't, that, that have voted that didn't know they voted. I bet you that. Dollars to donuts, I'll bet you that. So let's take a listen to Marjorie Taylor Greene calling out the people blaming President Trump. Now, here's the big question. DeSantis had a great night. And Donald Trump, Donald Trump is, is, uh, didn't have the greatest night. And so, you know, there's a lot of people that are saying, okay, we have to change what we do. We, ha- we cannot have Trump, you know, energizing the, uh, the uh, Democrats to get out the vote. Uh, we can't have Trump doing that, and we can't have this kind of Trump rhetoric uh, constantly. And Trump doesn't help himself all the time because he just tweeted something out that said, you know, I got a million more votes than DeSantis did in 2020. Well, of course, it's different. A general election, you get a bigger turnout, I guess. But I guess he didn't have to say that, but that's Trump. For better or for worse. And so 
a lot of us have to make a decision. And I'll be honest, it's not an easy decision to make. But if you really want to know where I stand on this, I stand with Trump. Because he earned my support. He took the slings and arrows. And I also believe that uh, he's fighting a fight that we don't even know. Because I've heard rumors that DeSantis is being financed and funded by the people we don't like, like Karl Rove and Mitch McConnell and uh, Kevin McCarthy. And so I don't necessarily want the insider just yet. I want Trump. And the second part is wouldn't this be their strategy? Because they can't beat Trump by walking in the ring and boxing him fair and square. Everybody knows they can't beat Trump that way. So you got to work on angles, right? You got to work on angles. And these angles are slippery. They're sneaky. And that's how you win. That's how you beat a bigger, stronger man in, in combat sports. Technique. Slipping and sliding. Speed. Agility. Right? You can't beat them straight on. You got to beat them with technique. You got to beat them with strategy. That's how the globalists are winning right now. That's how they pulled off COVID. And that's how they pulled off climate. You know, they're pulling it off because they're, they're stacking the deck at headquarters. Whatever headquarters that is, but they're stacking that deck. They're rigging that system. The reason why the Bidens are going to have the most successful battery manufacturing supply chain on the planet is because they use Chinese money with their power and influence over the government to secure contracts and get mining certificates in the Congo by way of Freeport McMoran and also by uh, Emirex, a Chinese-based battery manufacturer. So they're not only mining the cobalt, but they're actually manufacturing the batteries. And they're heavily invested with Chinese billions of Chinese dollars. They're doing that. And they got the FARA, they got the CFIUS, the CFIUS court run by not judges, but politicians. You know, green light the Bidens and red light the Trumps on foreign investments that might have strategic and national security relevance. And FARA, foreign uh, foreign um, business, FARA as well. And so they got these green lights. It gives them, a, essentially it gives them a monopoly to where they could just make millions legally. They could do it legally. The question is, is it ethical to get those contracts? But will they go to jail? Probably not. But wouldn't we like to find out why it is that Bidens are pushing the Green New Deal like they are? Because if they put fossil fuels and combustible engines out of business and mandate electric vehicles, guess who profits? They do. And all their cronies. Is it a better solution? Is it better for the people? No, it's not. There's not going to be enough mining to supply the batteries, the cobalt for the batteries. There's not going to be enough 
space on earth to house and store all these these uh, dirty batteries once their uh, useful life cycle is ended. So there's a lot of problems we're going to have down the road because of this corruption today. And that's scary, folks. Let's take a listen to Re- Representative Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene, who won in five seconds on election night. But um, in any case, she's basically saying, let's stand with Trump. And I think that is the question of the day, is who do we stand with? And I say we stand with Trump because bowing down to the left and the rhinos and the establishment elite is exactly what they wanted us to do for the last seven years, since 2015. And we say no to that because we want what we want. We voted him in twice. He got he got robbed in his first term, Donald Trump did, by one stupid, endless, fictional hoax after another <clears throat> called an investigation. Two impeachments. None of it was true. They couldn't prove anything. Then they go after his businesses. They go after everyone that worked for him. They go after and try to ruin everybody's lives. Steve Bannon comes to mind. You know, Paul Manafort comes to mind. Uh, Carter Page comes to mind. You know, and these Strzoks and these Lisa, pa- Lisa Pages, these FBI, Com- James Comey, all these dirty critters, James Clapper, John Brennan, all these disaster people are aligned with the mainstream media, the Mockingbird Press, and they all attack Trump. So we were robbed in Trump's first term to slow him down. And we were robbed on the election, 2020, because there was so much fraud. And yet we continue to use these computers that seem to be failing us to where we can't know the results of an election for at least a month. And it's insane that this is happening. But let's take a listen to uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Again, we need to support Donald Trump because that was the mission. We should stick to the mission and we should get eight years of Trump and then we can worry about eight years of DeSantis. He's 44 years old and there's a lot of time for DeSantis to, to flourish. But right now, it's Donald Trump's time and I'm standing with Donald Trump. All right, let's see. Now, they're trying to blame President Trump today, and I want to tell you how short-sighted and ridiculous that is. It is it is pathetic. The people that are running out saying, it's Trump's fault. No, that is a lazy, pathetic, wimpy, easy mindset. They just want one thing, and then they want to carry on without doing the hard work, the real changes in the Republican Party and the way we fight the fight. Here's why it's not Trump's fault. Trump has been being politically persecuted for the past few years now, ever since January 6th. He went out and did 30 Save America rallies all over the country. He endorsed something like 285 candidates. He held over 50 fundraisers, um, helped raise over $350 million for all these public tax stations. President Trump is at the, isn't the problem. President Trump is doing everything he can to help Republicans across this country and help Republicans win while he is being politic- politically persecuted worse than any human being in our country's history. That's the real truth. People that want to blame Trump, they are lazy, and that's the problem. We have to do the real work 
fix our issues in our party, to fix issues in our state elections and all over the country. We have to we have to wrap up those issues instead of blaming one man. So I'm not going to have that today. It needs to end, and I'm sick and tired of it. We have to figure out how to come together and work this party. And, Steve, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to be pushing as hard as possible. Yes. So I'm in not going to have that how today. To do that because it I needs have to end, and I'm for sick it. and tired of it. But it's going to require a lot of people doing the hard work. Can't solve problems overnight. Have to actually do the hard work to make it happen. Okay. All right. We we are um, we were having a couple of little issues here, and uh, we're fixing them as we speak. But yeah, I stand with uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene on that p- position. Also, we got to combat fraud. We got to do better with the fraud. Let's take a listen to James O'Keefe talking about this fraud. This guy that was a Democrat posing as a Republican minority inspector, and he was a black guy in New York. But when we use the term minority inspector, we mean the minority party. Uh, I was a minority inspector in Philadelphia for many, many years and uh, didn't see anything where in my precinct but to complain about. But we weren't using the same kind of machines as they are here. Let's take a listen. There's a lot of corruption in Philadelphia, though, just not in the district that I was working in. All right. Hey, Mr. Skimmer, how you doing? All right. I'm James O'Keefe with Project Veritas, and there's a videotape of you here um, saying uh, that you're pretending to be a Republican. I'm just going to play this. I wanted to work and change the system. Inside, you had to be a Republican. No, I didn't say I was pretending. I said I am a Republican that votes Democrat. Right. I'm trying to change the system from within. Well, how do you want to change the system from within? Uh, I would like to see uh, better conditions for working class people. I'd like to see better conditions for us voting class people. They're changing the lines where I have voters that come in that used to come here. Now they are frustrated because they have to walk all the way over to JH145 on Dalton Avenue when they used to vote here. Party lines are being crossed. But they're being crossed on us poor people. The people in, in Manhattan don't have this problem. Okay, so me personally, that's what I think. That's just my opinion. Now, this is a bipartisan panel. It's designed to be Republicans, Democrats. Why not just be honest and, and say that you are a Democrat? I'm not a Democrat. I'm a Republican. You're a Republican? Yes, I am. Okay, but you vote Democrat? Yes. Okay. Let me explain this to you. When you go into a privacy pool, mm-hmm. all privacy for a reason. Mm-hmm. You write down who you want to vote for. How did you get this job? Uh, I volunteered for it. Can I play the rest of this tape for you? Just. I want to work and change the system. I'm only Republican because of this job. What do you mean? Oh. I'm only Republican because of this now, job. Now, no. Yeah, because of this job. The Democrats had it all sewn up where I could not work in the polls. So what was I supposed to do? Just stand by. Oh, I can't work right here. What do you think after the day? Right. Okay. Okay. RC, what do you think? Do I say a few, ask a few questions? Thank you. Well, that was an ambush. That wasn't a surprise. Wow. That was an ambush. He said a lot of things I thought he should not have said to these people. What, what did he, you just said he said things he shouldn't have said. We're here outside the South Bronx. Uh, Public School 146 and poll watchers confirming that Skinner, quote, said some things that he shouldn't have said reporting from South Bronx. So that's its treason, right? You know, the people that are involved in that don't care about America at all. 
Now let's focus on um, Arizona and Nevada and listen to what Rick Grinnell has to say about this, okay? Um, these races in, in uh, Arizona and Nevada are, I believe, they're going to go conservative. They're going to be flipped uh, to conservative, and that's going to be the way we, uh, the Republicans take back the Senate. And again, when we do take back the Senate, if that happens, Mitch McConnell should not be the leader. Norton, and we should investigate their betrayal and their treason to the party and to MAGA and to America First policies and ask him why he's not supporting them. And uh, so that needs to happen. Mitch and uh, Kevin McCarthy, same exact thing. But let's take a listen to Rick Grinnell. He said, I'm absolutely confident that Kerry Lake will be the governor of Arizona. Abe Hamada will be the attorney general of Arizona. He's already taken back the lead, Abe has. And I believe that we are on the cusp of seeing Blake Masters completely upset the East Coast media. Let's see. be clear, I'm going to give you data. I'm not going to give you my opinion. Let me just be very specific on the data. And the reality is, right now that uh, we have at least 450,000, possibly 500,000 ballots now left. We started last night with about a million ballots left. Those are almost exclusively Election Day voters, which we know are traditionally Republican. The last four or five dumps, of these votes, taking us from a million down to about 450,000 where we are right now. The Republican team has been winning those by 65, 70, 75 percent in each of the dumps. We now, just so you have the exact data, Abe Hamaday, the attorney general candidate, is leading the Republican field here because he's only down by 3,900 votes. The next one right after Abe is Carrie Lake, and Carrie is only down by 12,000 votes. Blake Masters is down by 90,000 votes. Out of those 450,000 at least, if you calculate that we are winning Let's take the lowest percentage of the night that we've seen, 60 percent, 65. All three of these candidates are going to win, including Secretary of State Mark Fincham. This is going to be a red wave. I, I am absolutely confident that Carrie Lake will be governor of Arizona. Abe Hamaday will be the attorney general of Arizona. And I believe that we are on the cusp of seeing Blake Masters completely upset the East Coast media, take that 90,000 vote uh, deficit right now and turn it into a win. And we will then have a Republican-controlled Senate. Because the reality is right next door in Nevada, Joe Lombardo is going to be the Republican governor knocking out Sisolak, the Democrat. And Adam Laxalt is going to be the U.S. senator from Nevada, knocking out Democrat Catherine Cortez Masto. That red wave is very strong. And then also keep in mind Georgia. Georgia would be a flip as well. So that's going to be a runoff on December 6th. So, you know, there's a lot of things. I wanted you to hear some of um, what uh, Carrie Lake said. 
I like this uh, part where she said on election night about her praying uh, for this uh, outcome. You know, I, I did a lot of praying to God. I've been praying to God every day, all day. And I said to him, you make this victory come whatever way you want. If it comes decisive on election day, then bring it to us that way. If we have to fight through the BS and the garbage, then we will fight through the BS and the garbage. But how do you get fair and free elections? You have to fight and win to make them fair and free. And we needed another stark reminder that we have incompetent people running the show in Arizona. That's for sure. Now let's take a listen to some other clips. Uh, I have some clips from her, and uh, let's take a listen to this. We had great patriots around this state show up today. It was so amazing. They showed up at the polls early this morning only to be told the election equipment didn't work. Two minutes in, two minutes into voting, we had people being told, well, you're going to have to put your little ballot over here into another box. Guys, the fake media back there tried to tell us we were wrong for asking questions about our elections. Guess what? We are going to win this. We are going to win this. How many of you remember a, a couple months ago, August 2nd? Well, we're going to listen to another clip uh, here. Let's take a listen. The system we have right now does not work. We, the people, deserve to know on election night the winner and the loser. And we will bring that kind of election back to Arizona. I assure you of that. I love you, too. I'm looking out, guys, I'm looking out here at these beautiful faces of the children. Put your hand up if you're a young one in this audience, if you're a child. All right, so she gave a really great and powerful speech. That speech was about 10 minutes long. That's why we can't play the whole clip. But in any case, um, uh, also, Lauren Bobart, uh, Bobert uh, is poised to take the lead over Frisch keeping her seat in the House of Representatives. It's it's a neck-and-neck neck race, but she's 62 votes shy. And there's still a tranche to come in. And it's very very possible that she's going to, uh, to prevail. So we'll see what happens there. Um, we're going to go ahead and take a caller, John, uh, from Chicagoland. Scott and Leonora, good morning. Hi. Thanks for the chance to talk to you. All right. So what, what is the status of Blake Masters? I keep checking, and he, he came down from 17 or 15 down to about 5 down, and with like 66 and 75, 73%. I mean, it's, it's, it, what, is, what is the deal with it? Do you have any indication? He's an outside shot, but he's still his shot. Well, and he would be a great addition. Yeah. No, I think that um, there's about 500,000 votes that are coming in. And I don't know what's taking them so long to count it, but there's about 500,000 votes left. And uh, these are votes that were drop-off votes, but Republicans didn't trust 
the clerks and the uh, that were working it. So uh, this is about eight. This could be anywhere from sixty-five to eighty-five percent in favor of Kerry Lake, Abe, uh, Abe, uh, the Attorney General, and um, Hamaday area. Yeah, yeah. Hamaday and uh, Blake Masters. So those three are going to benefit. So you have to do the math. And uh, well, if it's sixty-five percent of the last five hundred thousand, it won't be enough. He's probably going to win. Well, no, so he I won't. He, he win. won't I mean, win. He wouldn't win there. But if he gets, if but they're saying, I've heard reports where uh, eight, on that particular batch, it's eighty-five percent. Because think about it. Think about the um, the the batch that's about to come in. That is basically people that didn't trust the system. That's got to be a Kerry Lake voter, right? That's going to be right, about right. Kerry Lake about eighty-five percent. I think they're going to get eighty-five percent of the last five hundred thousand, and I th- I think it's yeah. you know, and the Rick Grinnell has kind of ma- laid it out and made a really great case that oh, yeah. uh, it's looking very promising. Yeah, if it's sixty-five percent of five hundred thousand, he does win mathematically because that's a difference of about one hundred fifty thousand. He's only down by about eighty to ninety thousand, my count. If that, I believe. Yeah, and I mean, so but that, you, you got to understand that. though, it's it's forty-five uh, percent adds to their totals. So you know, forty or thirty, thirty-five percent adds to their totals. Sixty-five. So, right. You know, right. I'm not a math percent of that's one fifty. Right. Yeah. So no, we would take it in that. If that's the case, I've, I'll be okay because he's still in it. And Carrie Lake looks like she's probably going to win that right. based on that. And then, which is and, now, if you think about that, yeah, Laxalt's going to win for sure. Right. Uh, Carrie Lake, big pickup, uh, is the governor. The one that's more important is really Blake Masters. Um, but if Blake right. Masters doesn't prevail, we still have Herschel Walker to take back the Senate. The House is right. already well, a we, done deal. We're taking back the House. Well, the good thing about well, if Blake Masters prevails, first of all, that adds qualitatively to the Senate, meaning that you get a better senator. Yeah. You're not going to get a you know Murkowski or Collins or you know. And I give Collins a lot of slack because I understand she's in Maine, but but you don't get these these you know these senators who are you know kind of half brain dead or John Cornyn who's a waffler. Um, you get a guy who's yeah. energetic, smart. And who's going to hold the line? He's going to be like another Josh Hawley. So you add a real shock troop there. Right. Number one. Number two, if Shabaka holds on, and that, that seems to be stuck at 71% return, but if Shabaka holds on in Alaska, and I haven't heard anything new, but that's a qualitative improvement as well, and who's not going to support Mitch McConnell. Laxalt's going to be, again, a top five, ten, maybe one of the top ten senators among the Republicans. So you've added qualitatively, yeah. and then you've added quantitatively. And then- so you've... You know, and then they have they have twenty three senators to defend the twenty six uh, twenty twenty four versus right. just ten Republicans. Whereas this time it was twenty Republicans, fourteen Democrats. Right, it was stacked against the Republicans this time. This is why it was a. Uh, it would take almost a, a miracle. It would take a red wave or red, if if we take two if we get a two seat advantage in the Senate, and we take back the House, that is equivalent. It may not be the red wave or the red tsunami that everybody was hoping for. And yes, there's got to be some rigging. Uh, uh, like Tucker Carlson said, he believes it's the mechanics. It's the only thing that you could cite that would explain Fetterman beating Oz. A brain, brain, uh, you know, a brainless guy like Fetterman, guy with brain damage that walks around in a hoodie and on a voting day doesn't even put a suit on. He's wearing silver shorts. 
and walking with his wife uh, to vote. I mean, this guy looked like, you know, a joke. He's dressed like a 12-year-old. He's running for the U.S. Senate. Yeah. And, you know. He's a clown. But his wife, by the way, was an illegal immigrant from Brazil. Well, not only and, that, you know, but no he, apologies. Yeah, but he also supports heroin uh, injection sites. He supports decriminal uh, releasing criminals from jail. He supports. Uh, he he said clearly no fracking. Then he lied about it on the debate stage. He lost the debate. But you know what bothers me the most is the Karl Rove support and endorsement and financial support of Josh Shapiro. And I believe that Fetterman... Uh, uh, are you kidding me? No, that's uh, true. Uh, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Uh, Karl that's Rove and, uh, and his American, um, uh, his, uh, his uh, nonprofit arm um, voted, uh, endor- uh, bought advertising for Josh Shapiro. Oh, and picked Josh Shapiro over Mastriano, and it's that it's that straight ticket that helped Fetterman, right? Because people were voting straight ticket, and that's how you get. I don't have to say to that, except I've always hated Carl Rove. Yeah, but, <laughs> so but look it up because opinion. Carl Rove is also who's a member of that nonprofit is Mitch McConnell, and Mitch McConnell, of course, pulled the funding from Blake Masters and sent it over to uh, Lisa Murkowski. Uh, foghorn leghorn strikes yep. again. Well, you know, I think I think the larger part is, yeah, you could say Fetterman's uh, an idiot, and, and he is, but the voters are idiots. Look, it was obvious what Fetterman, when you see one picture of that guy with his tattoos all the way up his forearms in his in his sweats, like he just like he doesn't work, and you vote for that guy. When Mehmet Oz, even if you're a Democrat, Mehmet Oz isn't a fire breather on the right. Right. So Dr. Oz would be, yeah, you know, acceptable oh, to you. Oh, you, you got a heart and, surgeon um, versus a guy that never held far, a job. Very, you know. you get again? a heart surgeon versus a guy that never held a job. Which one? Exactly. If you look at the job, the job he did is he was a disaster. That place he was mayor of, Braddock, was screw up. Bill. He decided to create a art space and all this, and it did nothing. And this guy's he, he has nothing to recommend him. He's you know, like the white Barack Obama. I mean, the guy right. really had nothing behind him, and they elect him. Right. But I think it says something about the electorate. Look, when when you're playing baseball as a kid, and there were always kids in the neighborhood who didn't want to play, you didn't dragoon them into the uh, into the the play lot to play because you knew that eh, you know, having a bunch of guys who don't want to be there doesn't really help the cause. In fact, it takes away from it. Getting voters at ninety percent vote—that's usually meaning that you're going to get a lot of people who are uninformed or uninterested to yeah, vote. Yeah. I'm not interested in having them vote. I think that actually harms, you know, our democracy, which is actually a republic. And yeah. Yada yada yada. Yeah. But honestly, that's actually a bad sign. And so, it's sad. Um, it's also sad that Mitch McConnell sent nine million dollars to Murkowski and pulled nine million dollars. From Blake Masters. Murkowski was running against a MAGA Republican. Masters was running against a Democrat in Arizona. It's unforgivable. It is unforgivable, but I, I hope he doesn't get re, uh, reelected, so to speak, as Senate Majority Leader. He has to pay a price for this. And maybe he's not running against, he doesn't care, but we really have to do something as far as uh, defenestrating him in public with a uh, with the demotion from Senate Majority Leader and stop saying, oh, he's the master of procedure and what will we do? What, what, what are you guys, Lilliputians? Yeah. You can't figure out how to do this. You've been watching this guy? Come on. I mean, it's just like, this isn't that, you know, this shouldn't be 
uh, you know, a rocket science for you. But yet, it seems like these guys are so afraid of taking over the leadership. A little right. bit like how Paul Ryan, little Paulie there, got elected. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. as, uh, as, the, well, as, the, as the congressional If anything, leader. we know because so much Because no one more, wanted to do it, it seems. We know so much more about who's running the RNC. And you know what? Uh, we know that they're the enemy. And uh, I hey, look, I got a couple of things I got to still okay. do with this show. But uh, thank you for calling in today. Thanks, guys. All right. Take care. Thanks, guys. Bye. All right, so um, we're going to go ahead and uh, play this clip uh, from Harmi. Uh, uh, this is uh, Harmeet, uh, the, the attorney out in Arizona. Let's take a listen. This Tucker is that the Maricopa County party is like way Harmeet behind. Dillon. The county is way behind in counting these votes. And one of the reasons here is that they switched a couple of years ago to what's called a vote center model. So instead of the old-fashioned model where you would go vote in a precinct, they actually uh, cut the number of places you could vote by two-thirds. So made it a little harder and less accessible to vote. And then they don't have pre-printed ballots when you go to vote. So wherever you wander and show up, they then print a ballot for you, which takes time. And if the printers are screwed up... And the tabulators are screwed up, which is what happened in Maricopa County, despite testing, which is the job of the county officials. Then you have the chaos that you're seeing on the screen there. And you have two hour lines. You have poorly trained election officials who aren't used to this model telling people they can just go to another place to vote. But they can't when they go to the next place. They've told they're told they've already voted this disenfranchised voters yesterday. And we went to court with the two campaigns and the RNC to go and try to get a judge to keep the uh, to keep the uh, Maricopa County voting places open longer. The judge rejected this. And so people were disenfranchised by this chaos. And so there's a lot of things that when Carrie Lake becomes the governor of Arizona, she needs to do to confirm to convene a legislative session to make several changes, I believe, to Arizona law so that this never happens again and that people can have confidence in the outcome of the elections here. We still have a third of the ballots that haven't been counted. I mean, compare and contrast that with Florida, where they had uh, results very quickly. And that's as a result of all this experimentation and other shenanigans that are going on, like Mark Zuckerberg's organizations still giving in-kind contributions to uh, to the recorder's offices in Arizona, even though Zuckerbucks have been banned. So. I could go on and on. There are many problems with Arizona voting, but we're pretty close to hopefully getting a couple of new leaders there who will help turn things around. Yeah, this stuff really matters, and shame on the outgoing governor, uh, I would say, and the Secretary of State. Harmeet Dillon. All right, so it's Harmeet Dillon, and we're going to play uh, another interview with Carrie Lake. Uh, well, I, I feel 100% certain I'm going to win. The question is, how big will that win be? Can you believe this, Tucker? We still have 650,000 votes that have not been counted. And guess who these voters are? They're the people who showed up on Election Day. Right. They're the people, 275,000 of them are people who brought their mail-in ballots to the polls on Election Day because they don't trust the mail and they don't trust the drop boxes. So guess who those voters are? There are voters. And we're only down by a few thousand votes right now. When those votes come in, I think we're going to see a lot of liberal minds kind of blowing up. Uh, this seems, I, I mean, I'm not alleging a crime, but broadly speaking, it's just criminal to screw it up this badly. Like, did anyone know this was going to happen? Are you confident that it's on the level? It's just so outrageous. What is this? I'm not shocked at all. I mean, they've been calling me an election denier. I've been sounding the alarm on 2020, November 3rd election, which was disastrous. And we had problems in the August 2nd 
primary as well. And now we have the same problems. They have all this time to get this figured out. And you know where the main problems are? 20% of those machines went down, the tabulator machines. And I noticed they were primarily in Republican areas of town, Arcadia, Anthem, a lot of different areas. It was really a shame. We ended up voting in a very liberal part of town because we can choose which vote center to go to. And they said they'd had no problems. The bigger issue is we can't keep having this problem. This is what I've been trying to say. I want all Democrats, independents, and Republicans to trust in the system. And when I win, and trust me, we will win this, this is going to be top of my agenda. Day one, I'm going to take my hand off the Bible. We're issuing a declaration of invasion at the border. And I'm getting my lawmakers, I'm getting the legislators to a special session to change our elections so that they are fair, honest, and transparent. And we get rid of those machines that are not reliable. And and really, um, obviously, we saw what kind of problems they can cause. Well, it's insane. If you're serious about elections, you vote on paper ballots, right? You don't use electronic voting machines. France doesn't. I mean, this is... If we really wanted secure elections, we could have them, don't you think? Yeah, you count on you. You don't have election season. You have election day, paper ballots, and you count them right there in the precinct. Harmeet talked about how they went to the vote centers a couple of years ago during during COVID. We used to vote at our churches and schools in small precincts. Well, when COVID struck. We couldn't vote at churches and schools because they were shut down. It forced us into these big vote centers where it's a lot easier to have problems. We're going to go back to small precincts where it's easier to detect problems and easier to fix them. And it'll be easier to hand count votes as well. These are some of the things I'd like to see happen. I'll work with the legislature. The U.S. Constitution says our lawmakers, our state lawmakers, are the ones who are to determine our election laws. And I know we're ready to solve this problem. We're sick of being the embarrassment that Maricopa County has made us become, and we won't yeah. do another election like this. Amen. If you well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams show, and I'm glad we got to play that. Uh, there's still a lot more that we want to cover on this issue, but uh, in any case, be sure to check out our gold partner, Genesis Gold. Dial 800-385-4653. That's 1-800-385-GOLD. if you'd like to turn your IRA over to gold without a penalty, Uh, gold and silver, uh, which is a good buy. It's a very good thing to do. Also, check out tacticalcivics.com. Find out how you can take your country back locally, tacticalcivics.com. Also, uh, make a donation over at magapac.org to support America First policies to make America great again, magapac.org. And also, uh, be sure to use Red State as your my pillow code. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye bye. Just to bury my kids right up to there.